It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. The other side of midnight presents the Midnight Files. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. And um, we're approaching Halloween. And if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching a horror movie or two, especially around this time of the year, right around Halloween. And there's some great, great Halloween films that deal with the subject of demons and demonic possession. I don't think there's a better film, for instance, than... The Exorcist. And you remember the very dramatic scene in The Exorcist when the priest is trying to rid this little girl, Reagan, of this this demonic spirit that's possessing her. Creature of God! Begun in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. By this sign of the holy cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Damien. Amen. God, defender of the human race. When I was younger, I thought The Exorcist was a scary film. I thought it was fiction. And it's true there are a lot of fictional elements to it. The Exorcist is based on a true story, and the number of exorcisms that are being done not only by the Catholic Church but a number of other churches has skyrocketed in recent years. And and I've interviewed exorcists on this show, people that have spent a lot of time, very very serious folks, not folks that are looking to uh, sell their story to um, make a movie, folks that are really concerned about folks that are possessed by demons. Now, it's interesting. William Friedkin, who directed that film, The Exorcist, was on another radio program on uh, AM 970 in New York with Michael Riedel, a Broadway show, and they were talking about how the last few popes, including the current one, have started to at least talk more openly about exorcism But listen to what William Friedkin says. And Friedkin has studied this issue a bit himself, obviously, since his involvement in the picture. Listen to what Friedkin says. Uh, But before the last three popes, uh, there were not too many people high in the church who were promoting this idea because it isn't always successful. Uh, no, when, when, it, when it goes wrong, it's... Well, they don't want people to think, you know, there's guys walking around out there 
who did not have successful exorcisms, but that's the truth. Think about that, that there could be people possessed by demons or the devil that there were attempted exorcisms of that have failed. At least that's how the church views it. Now, maybe some people don't buy into this. The more research I've done into this, the more I've come to believe that demons are very real. And there is nobody that has studied this issue more than M.R. Gorga. He is a former copywriter and journalist and the author of the book Demons Among Us, Shocking Real Life Stories from the Paranormal. Mr. Gorga, it's great to talk with you again. Thanks for joining me. Hi, thanks. Great to be back. So uh, let's begin with where I think a lot of listeners uh, begin in thinking about this subject. Are demons real? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely real. 100% real. So, you know, the reason why people don't think they're real is because, you know, they operate in secrecy and in darkness and in the uh, behind the veil of the paranormal. So, but just because you can't see them, does not mean they're that real. I've, I've never seen the wind before, but I've felt its effects, and it's the same thing with this uh, demonic realm. So let's uh, let's define our terms. Uh, if we're going to use the term demons a lot for the next few mean, minutes, let's make sure people understand what we mean by that. What are demons? Uh, demons are fallen angelic beings of a highly intelli- highly intelligent uh, uh, form. Um, and they're they're highly cunning, highly manipulative, skilled at lying, and um, have all kinds of supernatural powers because they're uh, they're they're still angels. Where do demons come from? Uh, demons come from uh, they were expelled from heaven. Uh, so they these are we're talking about demons. These are the angels that had. Uh, joined in a rebellion with Lucifer uh, against God because Lucifer was exalted because of his uh, his beauty. Uh, and he thought that he himself could be God, so he led a rebellion, uh, which didn't turn out so well because him and a third of the angels uh, got, got cast out of heaven uh, to the earth. Uh, and one myth is that, um, you know, he's in hell and he's, uh, he's ruling demons in hell and torturing in hell and ruling amongst the fires, but uh, they were cast to the earth and they believe this is their home. I mentioned the film The Exorcist uh, because I think it's a good starting point because so many people have seen the film and can relate to the events in that film. What does your research tell you about the real life, uh, the real life demonic possession that was the basis for that motion picture? Well, I believe that was uh, as actually the, the act. It was actually a boy. Uh, I think they and so they they, they turned that uh, they changed that role into a female into Regan. But the Exorcist itself, it was um, you know it was a that was a phenomenon. I mean, up until that point in film, nothing like that has ever been seen. And so when Freakin put out that film, it even surprised him that it was going to be. Um, you know, as successful as it was. Um, and people, it, it literally scared the bejesus out of people. People were, have never been exposed to anything like that. So they were literally people who were running out of the theater. Um, they had smelling salts on hand because people were passing out. Um, and so uh, it really created this 
this this dark phenomenon in film, um, you know, and that carries over into the films that we see today, The Conjuring, Emily Rose, and things of that nature. Uh, there's a real dark fascination with the with demonic and demon possession. Would you say what if you had to pick? What would you say is the most realistic motion picture that deals with the subject of demons, including all the ones that you just mentioned? Yeah, there's a couple, and they they all have some element that's right. Okay, so um, I I think the right with Anthony Hopkins uh, gets it right. I think that was actually taken off Father of Morty in Italy. He's done over he's done thousands and thousands of. Uh, um, exorcisms, and I talk about him in the book as well. Um, and so, uh, but it was more like, you know, people would come and uh, it wasn't that they weren't successful in the exorcism, as you were speaking of earlier, but it just would take more sessions or so for these people to come back in order to, you know, drive out certain specific uh demons or, or principalities, whether they were possessed or oppressed or harassed. Um, and so some people, I think, were just kind of, you know, going back, you know, back to him for like months at a time. Um, and so uh, so I think the right gets it uh, in that regard um, pretty accurate. And then there's a scene in the con in um, in the conjuring, the first one. And. The way it's a basement scene, and the the mother is fully possessed. Now the devil had completely overtaken this woman's form, and you could see the angular lines um, in her face, almost like a, another face within her face. And when you see these possessed, you know the uh, person with a possessor of a demon, the lines in their 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 face get very very sharp. And very, you know, just a very sharp, jagged kind of lines to their face, and the whole face kind of changes. Uh, and so, uh, in that scene, uh, the Conjuring got it right, um, and then uh, an Exorcist got it right in regards to they are very vile, very vulgar. Um, they hate Christ. They hate anything that has to do with holiness or anything of that nature or righteousness. Uh, so in that regard, they they did get it right, and uh, so I think each of these. Uh, oh, El- Emily Rose is another one too, um, mm-hmm. speaking in in various languages, um, and uh, I think they even had her like eating bugs and stuff at one point, and that's 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 true too. They take away your appetite. I've read stories where, you know, they had people like eating sand, or they they. They starve these people to death. They just won't. They just have a power that won't let them eat, and so these people like shrivel to, to nothing because the, these demons won't let them eat. <laughs> so, uh, so I think uh, a lot of these movies have have uh, and portions of it of it right. We're talking with M.R. Gorga. His book is a must-read if you're interested in demons and demonic possessions. It's called Demons Among Us, Shocking Real-Life Stories from the Paranormal. Tell me, how common are demons? Are people likely to encounter a demon on their train ride to work, or is is it the kind of thing that people are likely to encounter once in a lifetime, or is it the kind of thing that one in every thousand people is likely to encounter? Based on your research, how common are demon encounters? Well, I just want to say that uh, demon possession is actually the rare 
uh, form. I mean, it's the most extreme form, and there is an uptick of of these incidences happening around the world. Um, and how I like to say it is like the the demonic realm or these demonic spirits um, are operating and functioning in the world around us behind the scenes. Um, when I say like a third of the angels fell, I don't know how many that was. And, you know, we don't get a real count, but it's 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 a phenomenal un- amount of <laughs> of of angels or demonic spirits that were that were cast out. So I think they outnumber the population of Earth um, by by multitudes and multitudes, uh, and they function behind the scenes and. Um, and their goal is to harass and to, to steal, to kill, and destroy uh, an individual's life. Now, uh, as I said, demon possession was the extreme form, but what we don't really have ever, most have never thought about is the everyday functioning of spirits, meaning that there are various spirits uh, that function um, by a role or what they do, meaning that there's spirits of fear. Uh, spirits of suicide, spirits of um, greed, and spirits of depression, um, spirits of uh, lust and pornea. Uh, in the Greek, that's where we get our word pornography from. Um, it's spirits of uh, pharmakoi, where we get our words pharmaceuticals from. It's actually that word in the Greek means sorceries. And so we have these functions of these these spirits functioning um, in the world every day around people's lives. And, um, you know, so some people are actually influenced by them without them even knowing, it. you know, cases of severe depression or anxiety or, you know, um, uh, drug, drug usage and things of that nature. People are affected by them without them even knowing it. How can someone recognize a demon encounter, whether we're talking demon uh, possession, which I know you said is the is the most extreme and most uncommon form of a demon encounter, or uh, some they use the term demons that may be in someone's own life that lead them to uh, aberrant behavior like drug use or anything else that you mentioned. How does someone know if there's a demon that's responsible for that behavior or the behavior that a loved one is engaged in? Right. Well, there's a couple of ways where uh, a demon can can kind of enter into um, into someone's life, and a lot of that has to do with um, occult practices. If they're going to spiritists, or if they're going to palm readers and fortune tellers, or necromancers who call up the dead and say, "Oh yeah, I hear your your mom's coming in and she's telling me this." Uh, so these are actually avenues that open up the spiritual dimension, or uh, give them access and entry points into your life. Um, and then it opens the door for them to harass. And usually it starts by, you know, harassment and then a, a, an oppression and then the most extreme form is possession. And uh, people have uh, have been on other shows and people have called in and said, I, I have uh, a harassing demon that shows up and it's trying to a cut my hair because it wants to clip her hair for some reason for some sort of maybe like an incantation or whatever. And then I have other people who say I have these poltergeists in their home. They're destroying my home. 
And this has been happening for eight years. So, you know, when you get these these signs of hauntings and what people would deem hauntings and harassments, that's obvious, you know. Um, but then, you, you know, it takes a, a sharper eye to really kind of understand if, you know, you may be under the influence of something and not know it. If you're, you know, if you are um, a, a really greedy person and want money at all costs and are willing to you know, step on anyone's head to get it, well, you may be, you know, you may have an influence of a, of a spirit driving you uh, and, and, and the like. And the same thing is like with anger, if you have, you know, a, a real hot anger issue, you may actually have something behind all that driving um, but it's 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 a fine line to 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 actually tell. You have to do some inward digging, you know. And uh, but you know there are those extreme forms of when you know something enters your house and it starts you know really messing up your house and it's attacking you at night and things of that nature. In your book, you deal with the first fully recorded eyewitness account of demonic possession in American history. This is something that occurred even prior to the Salem witch trials. Uh, Give us the Reader's Digest version as to what happened. What was the first recorded account of demonic possession on this continent? Right. Well, when I found the story, it was so eye-opening and horrifying. I I felt that it had to make uh, the book. Uh, the, The story takes place in 1671 between his um, uh, town minister uh, in New England and his live-in maid or maidservant, who was 16 years old. And this, this young girl, she started exhibiting some forms of strange behavior that made the minister's eyebrows raise. And but, so he just kind of watched for a couple of weeks. And then it got so strange he started to um, he took to his journal. This is why it's the first fully recorded account because he took to his journal, and he started writing a blow by blow of what was happening uh, to this young maid, um, which he called uh, atrocities and afflictions. Um, and this first journal entry is very interesting because that date was Monday, October thirtieth, sixteen seventy one. So it kind of ties into the, the, you know, the whole, you know, Halloween thing. But uh, he, she started exhibiting some, some, some signs, and and then it just started progressing further and further. Um, and the mystery behind it was what was her relationship with with the devil? Was she in league with the devil? And did she sign the devil's book? And so as we go throughout the story, she starts revealing more and more and more. Um, of her relationship, and uh, she was she had very 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 severe attacks uh, against her that would last um, seizures attacks that would last you know uh, days. Uh, she had um, tried to throw herself into the fire at one point. She tried to kill the minister in his sleep. Um, so she was being severely um, wow. affected by um, by the devil, and. Um, and but and so the reason why it's so interesting is that he literally wrote a blow by blow of what was happening. Wow. 
Uh, that is absolutely incredible. I want to encourage everybody, if they're interested in the subject, check out the book, Demons Among Us, Shocking Real-Life Stories from the Paranormal. It's available on Amazon and a lot of other places where books are available. Its author is M.R. Gorga, G-O-R-G-A. We have not even scratched the surface of uh, the subject of demonology and all the other stories that are in your book. You've got to come back soon, and we'll, we'll follow up on this. Absolutely. All right. Uh, M.R. Gorga, if you want to comment on any portion of my discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 1-800-848-9222. Talk about a subject that can give you the chills. Wow. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 